Shalom, everyone. This is Dr. Dina Dye with Returning to Eden and my co-host, Jeff Morton. Say hi, Jeff. Hello, Dina. Hi, everybody. No, you're supposed to say, hi, Jeff. No. Hi, Jeff. <laughs> Just kidding. Brad does that all the time. Yeah, he does. So, uh, yeah, I want to welcome everybody to this uh, exciting excursion into temple language, history, culture, idioms, etc., etc., so Jeff and I thought we would go back to the beginning. We've been talking about Adam in the garden, but I think we need to back up a little bit. Uh, you know, the, in, initially my goal was to try to do this very uh, chronologically, but like everything in the Bible, it doesn't quite work that way, and things jump forward and backwards. So, but if we go back to Genesis chapter one, which in my mind is really the most important chapter in all of scripture and pretty much everything in the Bible is going to come out of that chapter and we have laid out for us a pattern of building a house and I know I've said this a million times and I will say it a million more uh, so that all of you understand this and so really as we go through each day we're we're constructing this house and we've talked quite a number of times about it the conclusion of of the pattern of the days we get to the seventh day which we recognize as the Shabbat and the the king resting and, and entering into his temple and being inaugurated etc etc but if we go back to the very beginning we've also talked about the very first verse of the Bible in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and understanding that this is a pattern for a covenant and so when the two become one and the two that are becoming one is heaven and earth and into my mind and Jeff you might want to comment on this it's not so much that God is uh, becoming one with us it's that his creation that was divided separated heaven and earth is becoming one and he's sort of the overseer uh, I know that it talks about us being the bride etc but really the bride is the house and the house is complete when heaven and earth become one and I I don't put necessarily put God in the equation he kind of stands out because he's the creator of the house do you want to comment on that um, I'm kind of somewhat distracted um, <laughs> I, I have some it feels like we're in a restaurant so um, no <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I will, I will I go on. Go ahead. So, you know, there's this covenant relationship uh, between a husband and a wife is the, the foundational covenant all the way through Scripture. Granted, we have, you know, the Mosaic Covenant, the Noahide Covenant, and the Abrahamic Covenant, but really they all go back to the same premise that uh, husband and wife, male and female, coming together in the same way heaven and earth, and in heaven's male and earth, Eretz, is female. So the earth, which is a temple, is feminine. And that's true all the way through the scriptures. The temple, the house, is always considered to be feminine. So Israel is feminine. The, the temple, uh, the tabernacle, all sorts of things are all feminine. And so when the temple joins together with, uh, with heaven or the man, the second Adam, then everything will be restored and we have the new creation. Now, would you care to comment? Well, I, you know, when you mentioned the, the, um, I got to share a quick story. Now, this is, okay. it just popped into my head as you were talking. I was driving here a year ago to pick up my daughter, 
and I know that there are some Mormon teachings on what I'm about to share, but I'm not talking about a Mormon teaching. I was driving to um, pick up my daughter in Arkansas from Pacific Northwest, her and my grandson, and uh, I thought, oh, my God, this is going to take forever as I looked at the endless highway. And the spirit of the living God that I serve, I heard in my head, it's not that big. And um, I, But watch what happens when I get there. And immediately I had a picture of an egg being fertilized. Hmm. And I went, I went, see, that's that whole makeup of the feminine, the earth being the feminine or yeah, the yeah. product. of. And I, and I came back and I studied all of this. I went into a pretty good study about what the egg is. And that's another whole conversation, another whole show. But what I, what popped into my head was the Father showing to me that this whole world and everything about it was more of a feminine thing. Yeah. In line with what you were saying, and it was a, it was a surreal, surreal moment. And I want to bring that out as you continue. Well, and I mean, and this is where we run into this sort of syncretism between not that we want it, between the Bible and the ancient world, because this is what Mother Nature and Mother Earth all came out of that, you know, all that goddess oh, worship yeah, stuff. Yeah, so we yeah, want to yeah. make it clear that That's is not, not where we're what at. we're talking about. Not at all. <laughs> but God, out of, the, out of the gate, he separated things, male and female, in order to join them together to become one and produce life. So when light and darkness are separated, one is male, one is female. Same principle. When the waters above and below are separated, it's the same aspect of it. And so as we go right through the creation week, it's all about restoring a covenant in which a husband and wife or a male and a female come together and produce life or produce seed. And so the rabbis say, this is one of their deals, that God literally poured his seed into the earth. And so when we see things sprouting out of the earth, what's the first thing that sprouts? I'm, it's on the third day. And let's see if I can find Vegetation. The, yeah, we grass. have the grasses and the vegetation, but there's uh, one place where it talks about um, the sprout, Tzimach. And uh, that, from all of that, we get the trees. And, of course, we, we've talked the last couple of weeks about trees. Trees really... Uh, represent not not just people but in particular kings and mm -hmm. so of course in the garden we have Adam who was the first king but all those other trees kind of represent us if take a priest serving in the sacred space he was a picture initially of the priest and, and king so when we go through the Bible and we see all these different kings they are associated with some kind of tree typically the cedars of Lebanon but this idea of them sprouting had to do initially with literally God's seed causing that to sprout out of the ground. And then, like you said, we have the, you know, the herbs and all that stuff uh, again on the third day. And the third day, really be, uh, that pattern for the third day becomes very important in Scripture because every time we see it, we see new life. So the first evidence of life coming forth out of the earth is on the third day. And so right. that carries through the scriptures. And so, of course, it makes sense that Yeshua came forth out of the earth on the third day and was raised from the dead. So any time, really, you see the number three, uh, typically that's going to have something to do with bringing forth new life. And so that, uh, again, you know, that's on the third day. So each of the days 
have a different element in it, and I'm, I'm not going to go through each day and explain it. But one of the things I've talked about repeatedly is that when a temple was finished, it had to be filled with stuff, like you fill a house. And so we have the earth being filled with, with God's seed and with the trees and the herbs, etc., etc. So that is a dimension that's being filled, because remember the cosmos is heaven, earth, and sea. Of course, the heavens were filled with stars and the sun and the moon and all that sort of stuff. And on the fifth day, we find that the seas were filled with the, the sea monsters and, and all that sort of thing. So each of the spheres is filled, and that is language of house building. Once it's finished, it is filled. And I'll take that one step further, because this is the same principle we have for the, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. Like, we just do not get the concept of the Spirit. But that is when a house is complete and finished and inaugurated as, as a temple, as a, as a throne, then it's filled with the Spirit, which happens to be the presence of God. And that's no different in our own lives. As a temple, when we are reconstructed, we are a new creation, a new temple that's been rebuilt, now we can be filled with the Spirit because that's what you do with the temple. You fill it up with the presence of God. Well, I I was uh, along those same lines. I think it was Walton, Professor John Walton. I was reading one of his uh, books. I don't know which one, but he said it's kind of like you buy a house, you construct a house, you build a house, and one of the things that one of the elements, key elements that you do first is you turn the lights on, right? And then you prepare the dwelling place for your actual move-in date, and that's kind of in essence. Uh, what the what the what the earth represent it represents the kingdom or as you would say the axis mundi or mundi in that picture we've been painting for the last couple of weeks both the the heavens the earth all of it is symbolic of a place that that the spirit of the living god is going to indwell in right right and so he turned and the lights on he's putting together all the accoutrements like they did in the tabernacle of moses Right. They had to put all of the stuff that they were going to put into the home, they had to fabricate all of that first before they could actually move it in. Yeah, yeah. Because it's the same kind of principle, and we do that every every time we move and do anything. Yeah, yeah. and, and this is the same principle when you're building your family. Yeah. So a husband, I mean, you do exactly the same thing in you know, kind of constructing the family, and then you fill it with seed that bears fruit and children come forth. I mean, it's, right. the, it's the pattern right out of the gate. And the thing that I want to emphasize about Genesis chapter 1 is that it is the perfect example of pure order and stability. And I know you wanted to make a comment about the, you know, the chaos that we're living in. And so whenever we're, you know, if you ever need to kind of figure out what's order and what isn't, you know, start with Genesis chapter 1 and see that the, this beautiful order that God has brought forth is the measure by which you can look around you because the, the perfection of order is male and female coming together to per, produce life. And that's why God considers it all these other things, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, abomination because they cannot produce life. And so we are living in a time where anything to uh, create a, 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 some sort of division between what God's order is 
you know, then you know that the, the enemy is at work full time. Well, I um, I mean, there's there's so much. I I tend to see things conceptually, folks. And uh, what Dina and I were talking about earlier before we came on on the air here is that um, you know you hear this 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 stuff about well you know learning all this stuff is not about head knowledge, and I agree I certainly agree with that. But for me, uh, you recommended Dina that I go ahead and do the course with Joe Good, and so I did. I I signed up today to do it, uh, and he makes it very easy to do financially. And so uh, I, I started uh, today on the, um, the introduction, but while I was listening to him talk about all of this, it, as he was talking about this, I'm sitting here asking myself, why, why would I want to learn this? And the answer for me is real clear. Uh, number one, I think it's pivotal that we learn this, but number two is that the more that I learn about that place, that place where God wants to dwell, that place where God is preparing, the the more disconnected I can become right. from the place of chaos. Amen. And so for me on a personal level, it's no, it's certainly not about head knowledge, but the more that I learn about that garden, you know, now as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, we all want to see the garden as this beautiful place, this place of magnificence. Well, really what it was, to use your words, was a place of perfect order. Mm -hmm. And we all want to get back to that. Yes, yes. And so I'm wanting to see what Joe Good, and I met Joe years ago, I want to see what he's teaching in depth because it helps me become freer from the place of chaos. Amen. I mean, I don't want to learn about transgenderism. I don't want to learn about what's the new one, gender neutrality. I don't want to know all of these things. I'm absolutely sick up to here with the disbelief of what I see happening and what we could very well be seeing is the terminal generation that, that's written about in, the, in Exodus, I think. I don't want to know all of that stuff. My hope is not in that. My no. hope is in being, being set free from that and the way to do that is to draw closer to the things of God where that perfect order is all about and that's that's really one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to do this radio program with you is because you bring that information and it helps me to take these concepts and put them into real-time stuff that happened in the temple and right. I'm folks I'm learning a whole nother way to see all of this as well as hosting this program with Dina uh, so I get what you're saying. Please continue. But, Dina, quickly, the garden, the whole process took seven days. But is that more in line with the dedication of a temple yes. as opposed to a chronological order? Yeah, exactly. Well, and in fact, the concept of Bereshit in the beginning has nothing whatever to do with a chronology. That something right. started before something else. We, I mean, we've got to throw that out immediately. So, as I, I've mentioned a number of times, that the in the ancient world, all temples, not just our, you know, our God and the temple that it related to Israel, but temples were constructed in a period of sevens, seven days, seven years, what, whatever you want to say. And the seventh was the inauguration, where the king right. was enthroned. So this is 
we're not going to argue here over science, whether it was seven, you know, 24-hour days. It has nothing whatever to do with it. Just by the mere mention of the number seven, we know that this is house-building language. And so all of creation comes to that point in which creation itself has been inaugurated and the king sits on the throne. Right. Now, so, yeah, Adam goes in and violates, you know, the, the one commandment that he has, uh, the one covenant requirement. And so now, you know, what we see is creation has been contaminated. So the sacred space has been contaminated, and this just continues to happen over and over again. So he's exiled out of the garden, but now what we look to, and this is key, we've had creation, it's, it's in a sense in a, a state of entropy and collapse, but there's new creation. So the, the, one of the earliest patterns for new creation is going to be the children of Israel in Egypt. So there they are in exile in Egypt, you know, held in held captive by the, the enemies of the day, Pharaoh in particular. And then they are delivered and they're set free and they go into the wilderness to the mount, the foot of Mount Sinai. And what do they do when they're free? They build a house. Right. The house the signified, tabernacle. when it was built, new creation. And so everything keeps taking us back to that place of new creation. And so this is why it's so significant what Yeshua did with his death and his burial, his resurrection, coming out of the earth. And what does he say in John chapter 3? Destroy this temple, and three days I will rebuild it. And he was speaking of his body. So when out of the, the death comes new life, new creation, a new temple. He is that new temple. So it's always about erecting this house. And the trees, if you will, have to do, you know, they are the... Um, what do you call them? Raw materials for building the house, and so Which that's why be, they grow in the garden yep. in order to build the house. Well, I remember I was reading uh, last week. Nathan and I, a uh, friend of mine, boss, employer, good, good friend, and he said that we went out of the when Adam and Eve when they were cursed or when the curse was leveled against them or whatever, however you want to call it. Some people say they weren't cursed, whatever. Um, it said that the ground would not yield to you. Right. And, and and Nathan said, could it be that the ground is representative of the field and the nations and they would no longer conform right. to the perfect order of things? And it had nothing exactly. really to do with vegetation and fruit. Correct. It had to do with the people in the outer fringes yep. that would not yield to the order Yeah. Yeah. as I would a result agree. of this. I would agree uh, with that. I mean, it is. It's all about that. And so it isn't to say that we can't produce fruit in the field. It's right. just really hard. And so now when new creation comes forth from out of the field, it comes new life comes forth. What did it say with, with Hava? It would come with great pain. So it, I, I really, my personal opinion, if we're going to kind of midrash that, because Hava represents the temple. She's the feminine aspect. Right. And so house building will be very difficult in exile. It will come with great pain and trials and tribulations. So we see that in the house building of our world, of our congregations and our whatever we call all this. It's very difficult. And, and that was the promise. I don't personally think that that particular quote curse... <laughs> 
really has anything to do with every woman who ever has a child is going to be, you know, certainly it's a picture of it, but the idea is that building a house in exile would be something that's very difficult. Well, I think the way that it's been broached for centuries after century after century is it just gives uh, the enemy another opportunity to throw women on the bus right. simply by saying, oh, because you screwed this up and caused Adam to screw this up, every time you drop a child, it's going to be painful. Yeah. That, I, that has been the foundation of the abuse of women for centuries. Yeah, and that's, I just don't think that's what's being I, talked about. We, we've talked about this a few times, and I, I tend to agree with you. I'm the guy who wrote the book, Women, the Crown Jewel. No, I haven't published it. But I don't see women's role as being the reason creation, you know, <laughs> creation right. fell because the man was a complete idiot and decided he was going to do what the woman told him to do, and now we're all paying the price and we can blame the women. I've yeah. never really believed that because it doesn't line up. No, with, uh, not at all. With, and she is, she's since she produces children, since the seed lives inside her and grows and produces life. She she comes to represent the house, and you know. Two years then, ago, or when I met you down and uh, we saw each other, I think it was in Portland, and you 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 explained something to me, or maybe you were speaking to the group, but you said this whole process because I was talking about the process of coming out of Egypt, going into the wilderness, in the same way a woman you know labors or or. or um, gestates a child mm -hmm. and eventually the child is born and it comes through the Jordan River to great difficulty in order to come into promise and you took it one step further and you said yeah it's kinda like the children of Israel growing inside of the largest nation in the world mm -hmm. yeah. so we see that whole process of life once again coming through uh, through the body or the body of the like in the same way Israel was born into the world Yes. She was developing inside of Egypt. Right, exactly. And you pointed that out to me. Uh, I don't know if we were having a private conversation. I questioned you or something. but And I went, you know, that all fits. That all fits with the pattern of of we, we, we were so Greek in our thinking that we say, okay, the seed is penetrated and blah, blah. But it's really the template for just about everything it, it that brings is. forth life. And that's why the enemy works overtime to corrupt that image. I mean, yes. and that's, we are seeing it, you know, I mean, we live in a world of absolute chaos. And the main thing is that the image of God, male and female, he created them to build a house and, and bear fruit and produce and multiply. That whole image is just being corrupted on every level. And that is, you know, that is by design on, the, you know, the other wow. side. You know, I want to say this, and I want to, you know, I want to make this, I really, I want to make this clear. I believe that the reason we see how incredibly insane this is, is because we're on a journey back to the garden. Mm -hmm. And uh, someone said, the closer we get to the things that God ordered, the more human we become. That's exactly right. The further we get from those things, the less human we become. More, more beast. <laughs> we become the beast in the field. Yeah, yeah. Where anything goes, you do whatever you have to do in order to do it. To but survive, this whole, yeah. this whole concept of destroying the seed, destroying how we get here. Yeah. You know, 
when two individuals of the same sex can produce the order that was established in the garden, uh, I'll have the conversation. But until then, I can't. I, it doesn't compute. It doesn't relate. It's insanity to me. I'm yeah. not talking about the people. I'm talking about the concept does not produce life, and that's why we're all here. Yeah. No. And it, and and really, that is the highest order. I mean, think about it. You know, the gods of the ancient world, you know, made their images out of stone and you know, whatever wood, and they had no life. I mean the the comparison between the living God who put a living man into his sacred space to tend and guard the garden. And so everything, everything about the Torah is about producing life. And this is something we have got to cling to. And, and that can be as simple in your own life. I mean, if, if God's given you a particular vocation, then you do it to bring forth, to reproduce after its own kind, however that... Right you know works in your particular I mean God has given us all has put that in our hearts to do that is our purpose and function and so I just want to be careful because I know there's you know women out there who may be barren we're not talking about that because God makes it makes a way for every person to reproduce after their own kind because he is the living God and, and he's put his living spirit in us to reproduce and the, and the reality, too, is we are out in the field. We're in a place of profanity. We're in a place of disorder and chaos. We, we are, Adam, essentially having to work the land in a place that is not the sacred place where he had access to, is not the place of perfection, the place of, of um, freedom, if you will. So, you know, when Dean and I are talking about all these things, we're talking about being out here in chaos with all of you, in my opinion. We're, we're in the same boat, so to speak, but the ideal is to learn. And but so, the key is, what Yeshua said, because he talked frequently about how the field is the world, and what did he say? I have overcome the world. the world. Yes. He has overcome the field and the the briars and the thorns and the thistles in the field that make it difficult to produce, he has overcome. And so that, through his death, burial, and resurrection, and through by us repenting and receiving forgiveness for sin. I mean, that's that's the key. And, and the access back to the place that is, is amazing, that is a place of order, is now yeah. granted. The covenant's been renewed. Right. The process has begun. So when you accept this whole concept of becoming part of the kingdom of God, you're moving away from the lunacy yeah. uh, every day in the same way that he overcame it. it. Because well, that's that what I meant about the tentacles. Yeah. You that know? stuff will, will, you know, that'll seep in. If you don't guard your gates <laughs> on every yeah. level, like the like the Levites were supposed to guard the gates, like Adam was supposed to guard the gate. When you right. let that stuff in, it you know it's going to it can destroy. So we have to be very careful in our walk to make sure that stuff isn't coming in. And we you know we use every method we can to protect our sacred space. You know, as as a person, as a family, as a congregation. And that's the other thing too, conceptually, and and. 
realistically, our command was to go and be fruitful. Be fruitful and multiply. In other words, we were equipped to do something, to hear, do, go get it done. And I have a standard saying as we draw close to the end of the show, if you do absolutely nothing, folks, guaranteed absolutely nothing is going to get done. And we believe, Dean and I both believe, as I'm sure many of you do as well, that we have a job to do here. Uh, we have a purpose. That's why we're here. If we're not representing the light of the kingdom, then there's no reason for any one of us to look any further than the chaos that we all live in. And that's, I'm sure many, many of you, both Christian, non-Christian alike, we Jewish people, we kind of understand that. The ideal is to draw closer to the place of, of uh, order. I mean, I just... And, and yeah. when we study Genesis 1, when we, we could stay in this book and in this chapter and, or this book, Genesis, for the whole year because there's so much here. But this is the uh, foundation, and that's yes. why I, I get stuck here because I am just bent on bringing the, the, the foundation so that people can build their house on it. I mean, if you don't understand how the foundation works and you don't let it work in your life, you're not going to build a solid house. And so all of us are about house building, temple building. You're, you know, you're building up your own temple, if you will, or like I said, your family, whatever. We're all about building houses and, and in, being interconnected in that way. And we're going to keep talking about this and talking about this as we move forward with the material that both Dean and I is going to talk be uh, that she studied for years and years and years and years and years, and just the stuff that the Father places in front of both of us. And I want to tell you quickly a couple of things that are coming up. Dean is going to be going to Ireland eventually here in June, yeah. Yeah. and uh, we've asked Ryan White if he would come on and uh, spend a couple of weeks with us with me talking about some of the stuff that he's learning. And so he has graciously accepted. Uh, Dina, when are you going to be gone? Uh, June 1st to the 16th. So that's coming up in less than you know half a month. So we're going to have Ryan uh, on during that time, and he's going to bedazzle us with his information. I've also asked a friend, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you more about that next week, who's written a book, uh, this amazing Dr. Chris Green. He's going to be a guest uh, when Dina gets back. We'll pencil him in somewhere and uh, that show will probably be an hour long but in the meantime stay tuned we're we're just having fun and yeah. for those of you I, I want to let you know Dean and I are looking at each other right now she's in a different state and I'm in a different state but technology allows us to look at each other and we have a lot of fun doing the show there's things that that go on that you guys don't see and like always, we really, really, really do appreciate you coming along with us. So, Dina, you want to say uh, goodbye to the to our audience? Shalom and sweet dreams. <laughs> God bless you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.